The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Very happy to bring bring to you today my guest, Judge Larry Seidlin, who has just written... Well, I guess I guess you've been writing it over the last three years, but it has just been released, a book called The Killing of Anna Nicole Smith. And I must say, I am so thrilled that someone did not let sleeping dogs lie and um, brought about what we were all sort of wondering deep down, um, brought it to the surface, uh, researched it since the since the case was in his court, the the decision about where to bury, bury Anna Nicole Smith, the, he has not let this rest, as uh, I'm sure he'll tell you why and what, what that left, how that affected your life. I, I mean, that, um, but it is so important to just not believe what, it, what was called, both for Anna Nicole and her son Daniel, accidental overdoses. Uh, in fact, my guest, Judge Larry Seidlin, is calling for further investigation and not just to uh, to believe in this this euphemism, or I don't know what you want to call it, but this incredible mistake of allowing these deaths to go unpunished and to call them accidental. So welcome to the show, Judge Seidlin. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you, Dr. Carroll. I'm going to lie on your couch now. You'll really examine me closely. Yes, yes. Well, you know, <laughs> well, we might as well start off with, I guess, what was... Um, what was probably one of the things that that uh, affected you besides the content of of the case um which we'll get to but you know how did you obviously the case moved you um when it was over you you cried you were known as the crying judge how did that impact you well in life you have to embrace things in a positive way i felt good that i showed compassion and sensitivity during the case i I stood for election six times in Broward County, a, a county that possesses more than a million and a half people. And I'm proud of the way I handled the case. The appellate court upheld me, and they're teaching sensitivity courses now around the country to judges. So judges are attached to the case, do show emotion, are, do care about the parties and the results of the case. Yes, or, you know, the, the other extreme, I mean, uh, some of the time I work as a psychiatric expert witness, and certainly one does not want the other extreme, which is um, judges who are so, <laughs> who are falling asleep. asleep. Yeah, you, you go into some of these courtrooms around the country, the judge is half unconscious, half asleep. I think you want a judge that participates, that's active, that's involved in a case. 
I'm like an athlete. I believe everything on the playing field. Yes. Well, all right. So let's start with, um, and first of all, I love your book. I read it twice, as I was telling you before we began. Um, I, I, the main thing that, uh, I, that I was happy about, well, first of all, it's a very interesting read because it's a way of you, you reveal, just like, just like you cried, you were, you're honest, um, and open about what was going through your mind and how you felt about, uh, each step of the trial. And I thought that was fascinating to, to get inside a judge's head, especially with such an important trial. Um, of course, also, I was thrilled, as I was starting to say, that someone is questioning, you know, what has been left as these accidental overdoses. So why don't we start at the top um, and just go sort of chronologically, or we can start chronologically, with how, how the trial went for you and what some of the red flags were. Yes. Um, there were many red flags being raised, and I say in the book, in, in a kidding around way, I say there's more red flags being waved in front of me during my trial than, are, than there are in the streets of Moscow. Hmm. There are a number of red flags. Um, one, of, one of the biggest ones was the fact Annie Cole was addicted to prescription drugs, and, and they're bringing drugs, prescription drugs in duffel bags into the hospital room, into her bedroom, and she's even in the hospital trying to wean herself off of drugs, and, it, and there's drugs candy all around her. That, that was blowing my mind. And, and the next thing, if I'm lying on your couch, Dr. Carroll, is the second big part of it is, is the, uh, the death of Daniel, that he arrives in the Bahamas at 9 o'clock at night, and he's dead 6 a.m. in the morning. That night, he never left. And in a call, his mother's maternity room, where she gave birth to his sister, Danny Lynn. She gave birth, and he never left that room. And then when you look at, I gave you the documents that, as you know, few people in this country ever saw, few people in the world ever saw, the Bahamian inquest, that says when you examine Daniel's blood, it shows methadone was foreign to his body. He never had it in his body before. How does he overdose on that? And when you look at the Bahamian inquest, it's in more holes in that than in a Swiss cheese. Hmm. That that investigation just is not up to snuff. You feel like you're reading Beckett's Godot where two guys are sitting on a park bench. Mm -hmm. It needed a real true law enforcement investigation into his death. So, you know, Doc, what happens is Anna Nicole dies months later after her son Daniel. And Daniel is buried in the Bahamas. Anna Nicole decides that's where he's going to be buried. But the problem is she's under prescription drugs. Her mind is clouded, but this is where she determines he's going to be buried. With, with him having no connection to the Bahamas, he has no nexus to that place. He comes there for one night from L.A., and he's buried in, on foreign soil. All right, now what, is, what, it, what happens to me is my primary jurisdiction in the case was where to bury Anna Nicole. And, and she dies months after Daniel. But I'm stuck because I can't separate son from mother. The son now is in, in the Bahamas, and where am I going to bury Anna Nicole? And I concluded with the facts that I knew then, that the facts that were in front of me, that I would bury Anna Nicole with Daniel. Now, this is 
to me, this is a true crime type of book. No one knows this, but they're buried on top of one another, hmm. not side to side. I was in the Bahamas. I, w- I was able to uh, pay my respects to both of them, and they're buried on top of one another. And I, I recommend, as you read, I recommend that their bodies be exhumed, that they be brought to American soil. And if I was still wearing that black robe, if I was still presiding as a judge, I would have them both buried in Texas where their family and friends are. Hmm. In Texas, not in L.A. L.A. is a close second. She was a star. She loved L.A. She loved the limelight. But I, I, I let the reader in this book, as you know, because you read it thoroughly and you're real prepared. I let the reader be the jury. But if I was to decide, I would have her buried in the state of Texas, the Lone Star State. Her and Daniel, together. Well, now, just to go back to what you said, who decided? I mean, is that a Bahamian uh, custom? Who decided that they should be buried on top of one another? Well, I'm told that the uh, estate decided. Uh, uh, is that to save money? Because <laughs> it's just, It was just unusual. You know, it's, it's, it's a, i got a wild story for you. You know, we're... Well, you and I are two kids from the Bronx. That's where we were born. Mm-hmm. And I was reading your biography, which is real interesting. What happens is I go to the cemetery. I want to see the grave site. And two guys are running around with shovels, and they're grave diggers, and they look like, to me, they're also security. They weren't uh, two guys who wanted your Thanksgiving dinner. Hmm. Then there's a woman there, and my guide's telling me that she's mean, she's angry, she's security. She's going to be screaming at me. She recognizes my bald head, hears my voice, and starts to hug me and embrace me. Hmm. But all she was using was a broom. She allowed me to kneel, and I paid my respects to both uh, Daniel and Anna Nicole. But it's lonely there. They're not having family visiting them. They're not having friends. They're on a they're off a parkway, a highway, hmm. and they're they're alone, both of them, on this foreign soil in the Bahamas. Hmm. Well, as a psychiatrist, you can certainly see where the concept of them being buried on top of each other, and I'm not going to ask you who's on top of whom, but, you know, that's very, uh, that's very, uh, you know, it, it's um, very edible and very disturbing. Um, well, it is, and, and I was disturbed by a number of things that occurred during my trial, and when the trial ended, it, it just couldn't end for me in a, in a quiet way. I just felt as though at times Anna Nicole's um, ghost or, or soul was knocking at my door. I, I just felt there was unfinished business with, with so many issues that occurred in my case and, and so many since that time. And people would be asking me when I walked the streets of, of this country, people would ask me about different things, and I just... I felt the responsibility, a commitment to, to get to the deep of what really occurred here. And I think I bring some compelling facts to your attention. And as you know, everything I say in this book is, is uh, documented. I filled up a basket of documents. Everything I say is not supermarket tabloid stuff. It's, it's, it's real facts. And I, I think the, uh, I'm so happy. I have such respect for you. I'm so glad that you found it to be a fascinating book, and I'm, I'm getting that everywhere I go by the hosts and TV commentators, that they they just find it uh, a compelling story. Well, so you were, when you had this case, 
Um, yes. You were had already been planning to retire. This was your last case or one of your last cases? You know, what happened was I entered the state of Florida as a government employee at the age of 26, and I wanted to walk out of there still breathing, still alive. And, and I was uh, 56. You have 30 years. I was ready to retire. But my wife, I don't think she wanted me home. And so I stayed. I figured I'd stay another year or so. I was on a banana peel, as I state in the book. I was ready to, to leave that, that courthouse. I was ready to leave that big white horse and do something different. So the chief judge says to me, well, Larry, you're, you're on the end. Where do you want to be assigned to? I said, probate. It's quiet. Everyone's dead. I'll spend some time there. And then who knows, I, a couple months later, the, the computer picks my name, and I'm blindly selected, randomly selected to preside in this case. Well, so did, um, did you have plans for what you were going to do afterwards? Or, I mean... I'm just getting at what made you decide to write this book, or when did you decide it, or you know, were, did you have other plans, but you threw those away temporarily until you researched this book? I, I just the, the trial raised so many questions for me. I just was concerned about the issues of, of was there foul play in the death of both Anna, Nicole, and Daniel. I, I was concerned about my decision where to bury Anna Nicole, and, and so many new facts have now come to my attention that I list in the book. Um, there were just so many overriding wins that I felt compelled to... I felt like Lady Justice had, had her tears rolling down her mm-hmm. eyes mm-hmm. and said, and said mm-hmm. to me, we gotta, we got to put this out there. We have to expose what took place. Absolutely. I, I felt compelled to bring, bring justice. Well, when we come back, we need to take a break, but when we come back, let's start uh, naming names and, <laughs> and telling it like it is, because, uh, we'll, um, because somebody has to. Um, my guest is Judge Larry Seidlin. His new book, which is fabulous, you have to get it, it's everywhere, The Killing of Anna Nicole Smith, and I think killing is being a little euphemistic, but we will get into that when we come back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Kara Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? 
call the Terrorism Hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Judge Larry Seidlin. His new book is The Killing of Anna Nicole Smith. And that brings me to my first question um, this segment. Um, in my mind, um, it's the murder of Anna Nicole Smith. And I'm wondering, you know, about the choice of the word killing and murder or manslaughter and what you think about all that. Uh, you know, I, I wore a, the black robe for almost three decades, and every word has to be carefully couched, as you know. And I said Anna Nicole, in the book, I state Anna Nicole was killed by a prescription drug overdose. And whether that means murder, manslaughter, or an accident is always up to a jury, not a judge. And in my book, I take a different approach. I make the reader the jury. Let them decide if it's a murder. Let them decide if it's reckless conduct, which is a lesser included offense of homicide. And, and it, it brings the reader to a, a point where it's true crime. They're thinking. This, to me, is like an onion, this book. It's how deep you want to dig into it. Well, you know, yes, you had in your courtroom trying to decide where to bury Anna Nicole, um, there was Larry Burkhead, and his desire was Los Angeles. There was Howard K. Stern, and his desire was the Bahamas. And then there was Virgie Arthur, um, Anna Nicole's mother, who wanted her buried in Texas. But now, interestingly enough, in terms of this uh, killing, um, we have uh, Howard K. Stern as, as <laughs> well as the people who are, be, who are charged in California with the trial uh, uh, upcoming. Um, Howard K. Stern, her lawyer and confidant, and according to him, lover and uh, and best friend, and perhaps um, 
uh, killer, shall we say. Um, and then Dr. Christine Arasevich, a psychiatrist who was also her supposed friend, pr- providing her with all these drugs, um, and Dr. Kapoor. Um, and, and those are the three people who are going to be on, who are charged currently with, yes. well, charged, although not with manslaughter, charged with, why don't you yeah. describe here's, here's that? What happens. Stern comes to my courtroom to testify. I only invite him there. He's not under subpoena. He's not under the contempt power of the court. I invite him there. Of course, Burkhead is there, and Virgie is there. And I believe that his testimony led to him being charged by the California authorities. He's charged with 11 felonies. And each doctor, the two doctors are charged with six felonies each. And I believe by his testimony what I would call and what the law calls admissions against interest. By him stating what he did, the California Attorney General has labeled him, Jerry Brown has labeled him, as the principal enabler of Anna Nicole, giving drugs, prescription drugs to a known addict, giving drugs under false names to Anna Nicole, giving her multiple drugs. That's, that's the 11 felonies. His trial and the two doctors' trial that together are being tried is August 4th. It's coming up. I, I believe that m- my trial repulsed America. The testimony that was being elicited in my courtroom was turning off America, that they saw people with fame and fortune can get anything they want. And it's like that old song, you can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant, that they were able to get all these drugs. And I believe the price of admission for wrongdoers, for enablers, for doctors that are bad, and, and, and pharmacies, the price of admission is going up because then you get Michael Jackson, where Dr. Murray is, is uh, giving these different drugs to Michael Jackson that the California authorities believe led to his death, and they charged him with involuntary manslaughter, uh, the least uh, less included offense of homicide. So look what the price of admission now is. Dr. Murray's now charged with a form of homicide. Then you get, in, in my neighboring county, Palm Beach County, a doctor's just been charged with three first-degree felonies, giving drugs to known addicts. Three felonies. Uh, first-degree felonies. We keep raising the price of admission. What's happening is law enforcement, and they're asking me, they call me, they're asking me to be the spokesperson to say no more prescription drugs abuse to, to these folks. Even the ordinary people are taking too many prescription drugs. We have too much blood on our hands. Well, yes, that's definitely, you know, yes, this is an increasing problem. Um, certainly with for celebrities, you know, doctors are feeling, especially with the state of medicine today, doctors uh, not only are feeling... Uh, frightened about losing, not being able to earn the kind of living that they once did or thought they were going to earn, but um, also, um, you know, the, they wanted a, a, to touch fame. They, they want to be able to brag to their colleagues, I'm treating so-and-so, even though, of course, it's, uh, you're supposed to keep all that confidential. But, but let's talk about Howard K. Stern. Uh, let's go back to that. Because I always, when, before Anna Nicole was killed, um, whenever you would see them together, Howard K. Stern and Anna Nicole, 
he always looked to me. Um, now I know in your book you say you didn't know who she was before before the trial, but you certainly have seen a lot of clips and pictures and done a lot of investigation. Now he always looked as though. Um, he was the high school nerd who couldn't believe that he got lucky and got to go out with the prom queen. Yes. What happens is, and I state in the book, he, he may have been her lover. He was her confidant. He was her manager. And you and I know you're good at what you do. You, you know, you've got a great reputation in, in the radio world when you do TV. It's it's easy for you and I to do what we do, the entertainment part, because it comes naturally for us. The other side of it is the business side of entertainment, where you got to deal with the sharks in the water, as I state in the book. That's the tough part. That's enough to drive you to do prescription drugs. But thank God you and I have a foundation. From the Bronx, we came, and then we got good educations, both of us. Yours is probably better. You, I looked at your schooling. It's, it's, it's immense, and you became a doctor and a psychiatrist to boot, where you had to get additional education. We have that foundation that, unfortunately, Anna Nicole doesn't have and didn't have. And, and Socrates would say, is there one honest man among us? Is there one person you and I have that protects us? Well, I have a, a, a few. I have my, uh, my wife, who, who keeps an eye on me, and I have a manager, a business manager, Russell Adler, who's, who's a friend and ally, and he protects me. Because it's tough out there. It's tough in this entertainment world, and you and I feel it every day. And Anna Nicole was surrounded by an entourage of people that were not, at times, looking out for her best interests. And you read it in the book, they were bringing her all these prescription drugs when they know that this is an addict. Well, you know, one of the things that you mention um, is when Howard K. Stern was testifying in your courtroom, and he talked about, he mentioned sort of as, as an aside, I mean, he didn't think he was saying anything significant, but he said, Daniel was like a brother to me. And you noted that because Daniel was, well, he died when he was 20, and Howard K. Stern was in his 40s, and instead of saying he was like a son, um, he said like a brother. And so what that, um, what I thought of when I read that was how he saw Daniel as a rival. And he saw later then, he saw Larry Burkhead as a rival because he knew that Larry was the father of Anna Nicole's child. And um, yeah. so all, as the end, apparently... Um, as you uh, got them to bring out in your courtroom, um, Larry Burkhead was sleeping with Anna Nicole upstairs while, while Howard K. Stern was lying on the couch downstairs, which must have been eating at him uh, month after month after month. And I, I used some real descriptive language about what they were doing upstairs when Howard Stern was downstairs, you know, to my Bronx vernacular. Um, you know, I, I find it fantastic. You know, if I was dating you, and, and, and then you said to me, look, uh, this relationship, either we're going to get married or not, and I'm going to start dating other guys, I, I, would, I couldn't handle the fact that you were in another room sleeping with someone else, and I, if, I still, if I cared for you, it would drive my uh, blood pressure and my internal mechanism, I'd be sick. And here he was downstairs when they were upstairs, and they're upstairs making love. Yes. And so, you know, one could, um, one could imagine then a scenario where, um, 
he was feeling where this rage could have let's even if we don't want to use the word murder um uh, it, where this this seemed to be coming to a head where this baby had been born where um he 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 essentially wanted to get rid of perhaps unconsciously if not consciously his two rivals daniel and and larry burkhead by essentially you know keeping anna to himself well i mean that's what all the drugs were about i mean at the very least that's pretty clear that um keeping her keeping her um, provided with all of these different drugs, going to fetch them for her and, and making sure that she had all these drugs and that she was kept in this stupor was certainly at the very least his way, just like all enablers, um, his way of keeping her at his side, keeping her with him. Like, because that's the one thing he had that Larry Burkhead didn't. Larry Burkhead didn't want her taking drugs, especially when she was pregnant with his child, but Howard kept providing her with them, and like any addict, you become, of course, dependent upon the person or persons who provide you with the drugs. Yes, it's like Muhammad Ali, the great heavyweight fighter. Should he have continued to keep fighting as he was getting older, now where he suffers these uh, illnesses in, in his later life? Should, should she be provided prescription drugs, so many of them? When, when, she, when this is bringing her down with, when she checked into the Hard Rock Casino in, in Hollywood, which is the Indians on that land right next to the city of Hollywood, when she checks into that hotel, she can't even stand up. My sources are telling me she, she was leaning against the wall. And then when she goes up to the room, room 607, which is another wild story, when she goes to room 607, she never left that room. She dies in that bed from overdose of prescription drugs. You can see if somebody is sick. You can see their eyes, the color of their eyes. You can see their body reacting. And and I believe that these enablers and, and these doctors and pharmacies, I'm saying to you right here, doctors, you understand it. You, you have the power to get prescription drugs. We need a national registry. That's what law enforcement is asking me to do, to ask for a national registry that Congress and the president sign on that we list the drugs people are taking and what doctors they're seeing and how many pharmacies they're seeing. We have to get this under control. Yes, and I do need to stop you here because the music has been going on for a while, but we will get back to that uh, during the next segment. My guest is Judge Larry Seidlin. His new book, A Must Read, is The Killing of Anna Nicole Smith, and we'll be back with all of this. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. At last, a radio program dedicated to helping women look fabulous and feel fabulous naturally. You'll pick up tips on natural detox, learn about the benefits of whole foods, practice stress and relaxation techniques, and learn more about health, relationships, remedies, and self-motivation. Tune in to Feel and Look Fabulous with Arena. Broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We promise you, it's women's time well spent. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with Judge Larry Seidlin, the author of the new book, The Killing of Anna Nicole Smith, an incredibly courageous book that um, asks the hard questions that other people seem to be content to just gloss over, um, such as whether you know whether she, this uh, was an accidental overdose or, which seems obviously um, much more likely, that it was manslaughter, killing through reckless conduct. That's what you talk about in the book. Um, yes. You know, uh, um, why do you think? that up until this time, I mean, yes, we talked about, you, you described the charges that are being leveled against Howard K. Stern and the two doctors, but why do you think, other than you doing this research and writing this book, that, that other people have been content to let um, the enablers, uh, or, or to let the question of whether she was killed uh, go unanswered? That's a great question. Um... Doctor, I like I like lying on your couch. You're helping me for sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm able to I'm able to express my thoughts that I've been sitting on for all these years. Here's what happened. Daniel dies in the Bahamas. P. 
few months later, Anne and Nicole dies at the Hard Rock Casino. These are both tourist destinations. If someone is murdered, that's bad for business. If it's an accidental death, which both the Bahamian said and the Seminole Police Department says, they prefer it to be an accidental death. Let's, let's say that and let's move on and let's keep tourism going. Like we saw in Aruba with this Van Sluten. There was horrible law enforcement in, in, in Aruba, and we've seen that. So what happens is, in the, in the Bahamas, there's a Bahamian inquest, and, and I bring those documents out. We talk about that in the book. And in that Bahamian inquest, you can see such weak and ineffective law enforcement. And then when you go to the Hard Rock Casino, the Seminole Police Department, we have our medical examiner, a great guy, who says early on, he says, this is an accidental overdose. Well, what he says is that she died of too much different prescription drugs and, and, and substantially methadone. But, you know, when you say it's an accidental overdose, you need to, you need to speak to the witnesses and examine all the factors surrounding that death. You need column A and column B to light up. Remember the old Chinese restaurants you and I used to go into yes. growing up? Column A is that a pathologist says it's methadone. She died from that. Fine. Now we need column B, the witnesses and the factors surrounding her death. So when our medical examiner says it's accidental, we needed more of an investigation into, into column B, which we never really received. We got the Seminole Police Department doing the investigation. We needed a, a top-flight law enforcement agency doing the investigation, and yes, we didn't have that. Which was, was really amazing. I was a legal amazing. advisor to the Sheriff's Department in, in Broward County, and that's a top law enforcement agency. They were not the primary investigative body for Anna Nicole's death, and I, we talk about that in the book. Yes, that it perhaps was not a coincidence that these two deaths happened in places where there wouldn't be good uh, law enforcement and investigation, the Bahamas and Broward Co County in, in um, Florida, or the Seminole, well, the hotels owned by the Indians. Yeah. Right, that, and which is on, which is, they, have, they own that soil, so right, to speak. Right. They've got special treaties. And yes, you, you hit it right on the nose. It's up to the jury. It's up to the reader to decide. What 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 purposes and what it, in, uh, what the real intent is, and I let them get into it like and, you do. And, like and you, aside, in addition to the psychological issues that I was bringing up a little while ago, of course, there's the even more obvious issue, which is money. That whoever was um, well, the executor of Anna Nicole's will, for one thing, which was Howard K. Stern, and you pointed out how that will was so, um, there were so many odd things in that will, that, and that, that went through, too. Um, and also, whoever was the father, the true father of, of Danny Lynn, um, st stood, stands to inherit multi-millions of dollars from um, Howard Marshall's estate, which is still being disputed. Yes, probate's the best-kept secret in the court system. The person that's the trustee... The person that's the executor, like in the Michael Jackson estate, those two fellows running the Michael Jackson estate, they get a percentage of the estate, then they get attorney's fees, extraordinary fees for other things that they do for the estate. So uh, Howard Stern is the executor of Anna Nicole's estate, and, and therefore 
he's entitled to fees and, and, and great sums of money when, when the estate gets full, when the coffers get full. And there's a potential there. We still have the Marshall estate going on, the, the man that Anna Nicole married when she was a, a youngster. And that's, that's hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. And then you have also Anna Nicole, her likeness, different elements that people use her likeness. Money goes into the estate for that. Yes. And the trustee, the executor, gets fees, and which is stern. Sums of money will come his way from running the estate. Yes, absolutely. And, of course, once he started, um, I think he said in around 2003, once the Anna Nicole show started, television show, he gave up his law practice, and he was essentially dependent upon her for money from that time forward. Now, it's unfortunate that he gave up all his other legal business, it seems, to to just be exclusively with Anne and Nicole. He, he sort of put all his eggs in one basket, and, and, and that was unfortunate for him. And um, he depended on it. It's his own testimony in the courtroom was he depended on her for just about every, every financial need. Yes, and so it was really threatening to him that here she had this baby who, one, would be the heir, and two, now she might well be with, um, with Larry Burkhead, um, you know, who, who was the real father. Yes, I, I felt early in the trial that Larry Burkhead was the father. And uh, I had Larry Burkhead saying he was the father of Danny Lynn. I had Howard Stern saying he was the father. You got Jaja Gabor's uh, okay. husband saying it was. I got guys in jail calling me, telling me they're the father. <laughs> you, you, had, you had everybody raising their hands. It was like spinning the bottle and it fell on everybody. Now, did you during the trial, did you ever become aware um, that I had written a, a complaint or a letter to um, Melanie Zonical, who was the head of the Department of Social Services in the Bahamas. This was, uh, I'm looking at uh, my letter dated February 13th, 2007. And I I, I wrote her a letter about child endangerment. And um, I I wrote that, uh, did, did that, did you ever, did anyone ever give you that? No, I'd love to see that. I'd love, and when the radio show ends, maybe we'll talk a little bit more. I'd love to catch Absolutely. up with you. Absolutely. Um, I didn't see that. What I did was, I was a jury. There was no jury trial. In a probate, you're the trier of fact. I, the judge, is the trier of fact. There's no jury. So Judge, judge Larry, me, right here, I had to bite the bullet. And if you're sitting as a jury, you, t- you would tell the jury, you would admit, it's called, admit, you tell the jury, don't watch any TV, don't listen to any radio, you cannot listen to anything other than what comes out of the courtroom. So I, I read that to myself. I have to tell that to myself. So I have to have blinders on, like all, like, a, like all us running down Central Park. I can't let anything come in other than what's in the courtroom. Like my wife would would start to say, this was on TV. This commentator said that. Mm. Don't tell me. (laughs) After the trial, we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. I just stayed with what came out of that courtroom. Well, I was just concerned because at the time that I wrote this, uh, Danny Lynn was under the care of Howard K. Stern. 
and I didn't think that it was a safe environment for her, and I gave a number of reasons and um, suggested that she should either be, until paternity tests are done, that she should either be with Virgil, well, I wrote Ms. Smith's family, or with monitors, a baby nurse in law enforcement. Um, because, you know, that, well, as you, as you know, um, that was, it was all very up in the air as to where, what was happening with the baby while this trial was going on. Well, it's fascinating you say that because Virgie on CNN said when Daniel died, she, she was concerned, Virgie, for Anna Nicole's safety and stated on national TV, Anna, be careful. I'm worried about your safety. Mm. And unfortunately, her prediction came through, hmm. and Anna Nicole died a few months after Daniel. Hmm. That's interesting that, that she, a, mother, a mother's intuition, she, she knew what was going on. Well, she knew how, yeah. how drugged Anna Nicole was. Yes. Well, I guess we need to take another break. That's what the music is saying. Um, my guest is Judge Larry Seidlin. His book, A Must Read, The Killing of... <laughs> it is a must read. That's not the title. The title of the book is The Killing of Anna Nicole Smith, and it is a must read. And uh, um, really someone who is standing up for the urgency to pursue justice and to find out what really did happen to Anna Nicole and her son, Danny. So stay tuned. We'll be back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Are you a wow, a wise, outrageous woman of a certain age who wants thrilling work, vibrant health, joyful relationships, financial freedom, and the new F word, fun, in the next stage of life? Join host Lynn Schreiber in the wow zone each week where you'll meet amazing women who are creating lives filled with passion, purpose, and pizzazz. 
In the Wow Zone, broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Anything is possible. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with Judge Larry Seidlin, the author of a new and courageous book, The Killing of Anna Nicole Smith, that... um, I hope will not only have an impact that I'm going to ask you about, but also should be required reading in uh, in law schools and colleges and and psychology, you know, forensic psychology classes and so on. But what do you hope um, will happen from this book? Yeah, there's there's many layers that I hope happens. One is I wanted people to see what really goes on in a courtroom. I take the reader the juror, behind the curtain. So there's not such mystique in the court system. And I I hope that people that are involved in cases in the court or people that they know are involved in in cases get a feel for the court. And I I think I give them a a real inside, bird's-eye view of what takes place in a courtroom. What do I hope directly occurs from the writing of the book is, number one, I hope we get a national registry where we know what drugs people are taking, what doctors are seeing, and what pharmacies are giving out these drugs. Two, I hope and I pray that we exhume the bodies of Anna Nicole and her son Daniel and bring them to American Soil, Texas. I I want a full investigation into the death of Anna Nicole and her son Daniel. Those, those Those are right off the top of my mind what I want to be done from this book. These are the results that I, that I pray for, and I tell you, I won't rest till, till some of this is done, if not all of it is done. Well, what, um, I know the book just came out, but have you, um, besides people liking it and appreciating it like I do, um, have you gotten any, any feedback from people who might be in positions like, to do something about it? Yeah, I've gotten some calls um, that I, I think were causing uh, a quiet uh, volcano, and and I, I I'm starting to believe that we're going to get some good results from this book. You know, I don't want to be uh, just what all of men and Ehrlichman said, pissing in the wind. I I want results from this book, and I don't want to be just uh, in a in a wheel where it goes nowhere. I want results, and I'm I'm hearing. There'll be some results, some great results from the writing in this book. And what um, have you heard in terms of feedback um, from the people who you wrote about? You know, have you heard anything from Howard K. Stern, for example? Well, he's obviously not going to embrace this book because it was in my courtroom that his testimony, his testimony ultimately led to him being charged with 11 felonies. So I don't think he'll be doing the hula hula dance after reading the book. But uh, I believe Virgie should have a positive. She was so mis- misunderstood. I stayed in the book and I stayed in the courtroom that she's the most misunderstood mother in America. 
And I think Larry Burkhead, the third character in this play, I think that he's doing a wonderful job as the father to, to the little girl that looks so much like her mother, Anna Nicole, that Danny Lynn is prospering. And I hope to God that the two of them, Virgie and Larry Burkhead, that they begin to work together and, and, and allow Virgie to visit that little girl. Yes. Uh, has that happened yet? Well, there's, right now there's a lawsuit, there's a defamation lawsuit that Virgie has brought against Larry Burkhead. Mm. And I'm hoping when that, when that finishes up, when that resolves itself, then they can have... Uh, in California, a grandparent is entitled to visitation, and therefore um, she'll be entitled, Virgie, to visit her granddaughter, Danny Lynn. And she's very close to her other children, Virgie, and close to the grandchildren. Matter of fact, it's my understanding one of her grandchildren lives with her. Yes, I think that would be a nice, uh, a, a warm uh, impact. I mean, I think she sh- that Danny Lynn should have a chance to to get to know her grandmother, and I'm sure that that would be a, a warm relationship at this point. You know, Virgie really was a trailblazer. She was a cop. In a, in, a, in a sheriff's department in, in Texas that had very few women in those days. And when you had a woman police officer, they were serving the other, the male police officers coffee. They didn't treat them equally. If she was a male, I said in the book she'd probably be a police chief somewhere now. Mm-hmm. And she had to be a tough ass. So when she was in front of me in court, she seemed tough and strong. She had to be. She faced death each day as a police officer. When a police officer goes to work in the morning, you don't know, you don't know if they're coming home. Their life well, is on the line, like our soldiers well, who, plus, are, who are fighting for us. Yes, plus um, she was somewhat defensive because she had been so maligned. You know, she was coming there with people saying all these horrible things about her, you know, that she was this horrible mother and that Anna Nicole didn't want anything to do with her and so on. So I think there was some of that... Um, going on as well. But there, I just want to tell my listeners, there are so many, I mean, we're sort of touching some of the highlights in this book, but there are so many things that make you scratch your head, like when you talk about um, with, da- with Daniel, how he came to the Bahamas and how um, Howard K. Stern bought him food, and um, that you leave open for the reader to decide whether anything could have been the drugs that killed him could have been in that food, for example. That was something that really hadn't gotten um, very much attention, actually. No, no. Um, oh, my. You take, are you going to take a break? I hear well, it's our play. last break. Oh, my. <laughs> I could talk, talk with you about it forever, and I'm sure my listeners want to hear more, but they'll just have to buy the book. The book, again, is called The Killing of Anna Nicole Smith. You will... Uh, uh, that it really is a great read, an important read, not just interesting and titillating, but it's also uh, very important in terms of justice in our society. And um, and you will not have seen the last of Judge Larry Seidlin. He has lots of other interesting things coming up besides, uh, well, his number one task, of course, for right now is making sure that justice is done, and this book will hopefully lead the way for that. Um, Larry, thank you so much for being a guest. You were incredibly fascinating. You were, you, your uh, 
your personality and your intellect is a winning combination as far as bringing insight to to cases, to situations, and trying to get justice. So thank you very much. Well, Dr. Carroll, it was a pleasure being with you. You're, you're just insightful and well-prepared, and your listeners are lucky to have you. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you all for listening. And again, the book is called The Killing of Anna Nicole Smith by my guest, Judge Larry Seidlin. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.